President Joe Biden delivers a speech at Valley Forge over the weekend, likening himself to George Washington and ending with a weird statement saying, I understand power. Like renewables. Kamala Harris visits South Carolina and she gives her typical word salads. Democrats around the country are rallying the troops and bringing the cavalry in to tell you why they're protecting democracy. And the Secretary of Defense was in the hospital last week, and and no no one one knew knew about it. Not a person. All of that today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. A lot to get to on this Monday. It's Monday, January the 8th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding. It, we are sitting right outside downtown Columbia, uh, a perplexed downtown Columbia. Confused. On this Monday, this episode of the Palmetto Family Matters Show brought to you by I Believe SC. IBelievesc.net is where you can go to get your I Believe license plate. Share the gospel with riders and motorists all around the state of South Carolina with your I Believe License plate. This, I believe, SC supported by Christians from across the state of many denominations. Get your I believe license plate today. I believe SC.net. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser here with you. Just a quick note we are going mostly audio only during the 2024 legislative session. That's simply to give you the best opportunity to hear what we have to say. And to save you from seeing our faces. So there there are a couple of different reasons for that. Number one, um, it allows us a bit more flexibility in terms of when we can hop on here and do some shows. Uh, we're still going to look to do two or three a week, with one of those being um, a, a, a simulcast, if you will. But of course, we appreciate your support on the audio side of things, on the podcast side of things, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them. And then, of course, stay connected to our YouTube and Facebook page. We're going to be a lot more. We're going to be doing a lot more YouTube and Facebook lives uh, during the legislative session, giving you a recap of what's going on. If if major news breaks, we'll bring it to you. All of those things we'll be providing for you. But we go to more of an audio only uh, set for a while. Uh, there's a legislative session that kicks off tomorrow, Tuesday, January the 9th. Uh, my wife and I are bringing a child into the world. She's bringing a child into the world uh, in March. So this allows us a little bit more flexibility uh, as we go further into the spring. And we have not-so-pretty faces. So this saves you from seeing you're our really, faces. You're really going on that. Well, that is I not, mean, you're in radio. That's not our whole thing. You have a face made for TV not and me TV. for radio. Uh, so Joe Biden delivered his first campaign speech. Speaking we of faces this. made for radio. We previewed this uh, last week on Friday. He opens his speech at Valley Forge, where I guess his campaign decided we're going to try to make Joe Biden look like George Washington. Did they give him a white powdered wig? George Washington right now looks better than Joe Biden. Today, the topic of my speech today, I'm reading the transcript, Yeah, is deadly serious. And I think it needs to be made at the outset of this campaign. In the winter of 1777, it was harsh and cold as the Continental Army marched to Valley Forge. General George Washington knew he faced the most daunting of tasks to fight and win a war against the most powerful empire in existence in the world at the time. His mission was clear. Liberty, not conquest. Freedom, not domination. National independence, not individual glory. America made a vow. 
Never again would we bow down to a king. <sighs> I've just visited the grounds of Valley Forge. I'm skipping. I've been there a number of times since the time I was a Boy Scout years ago. Was he? A, Ain't no way. Was he a Boy Scout? I, I mean, and I'm not. He definitely wasn't an Eagle Scout. You know it's the very site that I think every American should visit because it tells the story of pain and suffering and true patriotism it took to make America. What? To make America what? To make America great? Today, we gather in a new year, some 246 years later, just one day before January 6th, a day forever seared in our memory, because it was on that day that we nearly lost America. Did we? Did, I mean, like, did we, did we misplace it? Did, I did, mean, did we almost we lose America that day? America. Now, I remember hearing from a friend who was on the ground at the Capitol. Don't, and he don't give their name. No, I won't. <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. He called me. This person called me and said, it's over, man. It's all over. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, turn on anything, radio, news, I mean, look up in the sky, whatever. He didn't say that. But he said, just turn on the radio or the news, uh, TV. And I was like, oh, okay. So I did, and I thought, and I shared the same sentiment for a little while. It was all over because everything we were hearing was, I mean, they're burning the Capitol to the ground. They're rioting. They're looting. They're shooting people. If you've watched Designated Survivor and the first scenes of that show, the first the first episode where where the Capitol has been bombed, it's it's it turns out spoiler alert it was a (laughs) it was a bomb implanted by those within the government by a congressman by a congressman who just ruined the series who was working well after season two you shouldn't watch it yeah Um, they Netflixed it they Netflixed it Um, but first two seasons are really good. I had that imagery. Now I remember watching the 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 carnage of January sixth, but over the course of weeks, we came to realize maybe it wasn't all that we were told it was. Like AOC saying that people were trying to break in and, and you know sexually abuse her, and all this different stuff. Was it bad? Yeah. Did we almost lose America? I think not. This is not rhetorical, he continues, academic or hypothetical. Whether democracy is still America's sacred cause is the most urgent question of our time. Has democracy been America's sacred cause? I would argue America's sacred cause has been to propagate the gospel based on founding documents. Because we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator, Certain. With certain inalienable rights, among and those, those rights among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And these rights are not granted to you by man, but they're granted to you by nature's law and nature's God. Capital G O D. The choice is clear. Donald Trump's campaign is about him, not America, not you. Oh, and yours is. Donald Trump's campaign is obsessed with the past. You're the one doing an entire speech about January 6, 2021. You tell me what your campaign's about. For me and Kamala, our campaign is about America. It's about you. It's about every age and background that could occupy this country. Only if you're gay or a minority. Or trans. Or not a... Never mind. Never mind. Uh, oh, oh, you want me to finish it? I, Only if you're not a white male. Well, I was going with the hegemony, but... 
It's you about know, the future same, we're going to continue thing. to build together. And our campaign is about preserving and strengthening our American democracy. America's not a democracy, people. We're a constitutional democratic republic. That's a very different thing. Okay, insurrectionists had smashed windows. And by the way, no one's been charged with insurrection. Uh, they were smashing windows, shattering doors, attacking the police. I can get behind two of them. And those. if you did any of that on Jan 6, J6... You should go to jail. Yeah, shame on you. Outside gallows were erected as the MAGA crowd chanted, Hang Mike Pence. Again, if you stood outside and chanted, Hang Mike Pence, you're an idiot. Inside, they hunted for Speaker Pelosi, chanting, Where's Nancy? Jill and I attended the funeral of police officers who died as a result of the events that day. Again, now, do we... I, I, I'm not going to get into that. He promised it would be wild, Donald Trump said, and it was. He told the crowd to fight. He promised he would write them, write them, everything they did. He would be side by side with them. I don't know what that means. <laughs> then, as usual, he left the dirty work to others. He watched on TV in a private small dining room off my oval, off the Oval off Office. Off my oval? Yeah, off my oval. My oval. The entire nation watched in horror. The world watched in disbelief. He continues on. He talks about a personal story of a brave black mother and her daughter uh, who lost their jobs. Uh, let's see here. One desperate act available to him, the violence of January 6th. Since that day, here's where Joe Biden brags a little bit. Since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged with assault in the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. You understand that this is a president of the United States bragging, bragging about political witch hunting 1,200 people and bragging about the number of collective years they're going to spend in prison. You tell me who the authoritarian is. You tell me who the demagogue is. You tell me who the power-hungry person is. It's Joe Biden. Remember? Oh, Grandpa Joe. Hawaii. Maybe Kamala was right in the campaign. Yeah, and whatever that means. I mean, because once again, I'm under no illusion that President Biden is the one who's calling the shots. I'm under no illusion that he's the one running the show. So there's that. And now now again, I just want to be perfectly clear with everyone. And I've and I've said this before and I understand that I, I make a lot of people upset when I say this. I'm not totally opposed to the former president being president again. I'm not totally in favor of it either. I think we need to let the process play out. Yeah. And I think it needs to be a fair process. But to characterize this president, be, I, I, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Policies and legislation and way of doing business was really good check, check, from January check. 2017 to January... To, to election day 2020. Yeah. And then outside of COVID. And then but, no, COVID was a problem. Yeah. COVID was an absolute and he did, problem. He handled it 
President Trump handled COVID probably uh, the way again. every other president would. Yeah, he used the people around him and he their used advice. The, the bureaucratic to, swamp. Yeah. So, yeah. But after the election, that's when he started to lose some people. Uh, yeah. With what he was saying, how he was saying the it. The Georgia transcripts. The, the the calls for people not to vote in Georgia. Steve Bannon doing what he was doing. Rudy Giuliani. Really, the, the, the Kraken. We've right. all forgotten about a lot of this. Yes, we have. So there, there's there was a lot that didn't go well. But I remind you that on Inauguration Day 2021, he got in the helicopter and he left. And he left. Despite what Greg Locke said was going to happen. Right. I think Greg Locke <laughs> marched around the Capitol seven times and said no in, in three days you're going to. And there were people who the truth were, will be there revealed. were people though, Mitch, I remember, I remember there were people who were saying, oh, don't worry. He's going to come back and be president again. Greg Locke. And it's like, wait. By the way, if you're a prophet, if you claim to be a prophet, your prophecies don't come true. Biblical law says I stone you. Well, I don't know about that. But, like, I I think you're anathema. I, I think you're, like, to be put away. Oh, you're certainly that. You're not, you're not I, a prophet. I think there is, again, now, the end of the speech is where it gets weird. Because he continues on with his speech, and then at the end of it, by the way, if you're going to do a speech at Valley Forge, I get it's probably cold outside. Do it outside. Do it outside. Do it outside. I get it. William Henry Harrison would balk at that. But I, I was about to say, William Henry Harrison might have a problem. When did when did Lincoln give the Gettysburg Address and what month? That's a good question. I'm efforting. Look that up because that's Gettysburg. That's in Pennsylvania. It was probably cold. Even if it was in March, it was cold. My point is, do the speech outside. He does this speech inside, surrounded by staffers. <laughs> November 19th, 1863. Darn it. I was born on the twenty second. It was what a, cool, it, what a cool anniversary. It was that cool. It was cool. It, it was a, It wasn't hot. No. What happened to the days where presidents did speeches outside? Well, I mean, if you, issues? if you do them in front of a building and paint the building red, and you ah! know, and look like Senator Palpatine. <laughs> Senator Palpatine uh, or Emperor, Emperor Palpatine? Whatever. I mean, he he graduated. He was a member of well, the Senate. Uh, Considering one used to be a senator, true. Um, now, now Joe's giving this speech inside. We're not in, anti-Joe Biden. He's by the indoors. Way. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely not. Uh, so we're anti-democracy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> More on that. In just oh, a they're getting bit. that. Uh, at the end of the speech, Jill, Doctor Jill Biden comes up, and and you're listening on audio. So let me explain to you what's happening here. So she comes up, they hug, Coldplay's playing in the background, and he kisses her cheek. And here we go, here we go, right here. Listen. I understand power. I understand. He's power. holding her hand. She's she's wanting to go. She's like, all right, she's we're done. Literally we're trying done. to drag him off the we're stage. We're done. Hi, hi there. We're done. Is we're that going their away. new way of getting him off stage? Well, send her out. What's interesting is as they leave stage, she's like pulling him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's pulling him. I understand. Is that a veiled reference like Will Muschamp to like, hey, check her out kind of thing? That's not included in the transcript, by the way. Of course it's not because the speech was officially over when he said, and God bless America. Wait, no. God protect our troops. Um, There's nothing I believe. God bless America. There's Mm. nothing. I believe with every fiber, there's nothing beyond our capacity if we act together and decently with one another. We'll get to that in a second. Words out. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean it. 
We're the only nation in the world that's come out of every crisis stronger than when we went into that crisis. Are you sure? Can we go back to the Civil War? I don't believe the nation was stronger in the days after the it Civil War. It became stronger. But it wasn't right after. No, the Reconstruction. The South was burned to the yeah. ground. Yeah. And there were dead bodies everywhere. And families were ripped apart. You tell me how they became... Eventually, yes. It is true today, and I guarantee you it'll be true tomorrow. God bless you all. May God protect our troops. I understand power. I think it's availed, and I'm trying to let him off the hook, as I so often do. I know. You let him off the hook a lot, I you? think it's a veiled reference to, like, check my wife out. I mean, he doesn't say he can sell ice to an Eskimo, like yeah. certain head football coaches. Sure. But that was weird when it You don't happened. believe I can recruit. I know he, power. But but to the point, he's at Valley Forge. It probably should have been outside. Show so show some strength. Show some fortitude. He got on the stage. Show, he so, up there. show some masculinity. He yes, skilled, his wife brought him out he there. He skilled those four steps. His wife walked him onto the stage and then walked him off. We've got a problem. Anyway, next topic I want to get to I'm, I'm is sure. Vice President Kamala Harris. Jill, how old's Jill? Yeah. 78? 72. She's, 72. A, she's spry. nearly a decade younger. She's spry, man. All right. She's in good health for 72. Well, she's a doctor. I would, young. She's a doctor, I would hope so. She treats herself. <laughs> Vice With President education. <laughs> Community college education. Vice President Kamala Harris on Saturday marked the January 6th, 2021 attacks on the U.S. Capitol with remarks in our home state, South Carolina. Charleston. Harris spoke on the anniversary Myrtle Beach. Oh, Harris spoke on the anniversary of the deadly attacks. She delivered the keynote address at the Seventh Episcopal District AME Church Women's Missionary Society annual retreat. Bloody bloody blue blue blue. What is it called again? It is called the Seventh Episcopal District AME Church Women's Missionary Society annual retreat. Wow. Three years ago today on January 6th, when a violent mob attacked the United States Capitol, they used brutal force and fear to try to overturn the results of a free and fair election. They tried to overrule the votes of millions of Americans. On that day, we saw violence, chaos, and lawlessness, but some so-called leaders still tried to mislead and gaslight by saying it was a peaceful protest. That's her so-called leaders. I'm so tired of hearing about so-called leaders. Now, she talks a bit more. Uh, let us not throw up our hands. It's time to roll up our sleeves. We were born for such a time as this. Oh, she's Kennedy and Mordecai all at the same time. Vice President Hadassah. It's weird. It's weird that people like to quote the Bible, but they don't believe it. Well, it's, 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 uh, what's the word? It's, an, it's an expression. It's convenient. Use. It's convenient. Hey, listen, we can, we can try to hook all you church ladies in this room with a, a Bible verse, but, you know, when it comes to the application of Scripture... Here's here's Combs, that exact quote. Here, here she is saying it. And at this moment in history, I say, let us not throw up our hands when it's time to roll up our sleeves. Because... We were born for a time such as this. And we love our country. We believe in the principles upon which we were founded and guided by our faith. We are prepared to fight for all that we know is right and hold dear. 
And I know that when we fight, we win. So there are a couple of things I want to talk about when it comes to that little segment from Kamala Harris. The first one is the fake Southern accent. It boggles my mind because this is the same thing. I believe this is happening with a certain governor who's running in the Republican primary as well. When you're around certain audiences, you distance yourself from certain things. And when you're around other audiences, you lean into them. Well, and whenever people come to South Carolina, suddenly they have a Southern accent. But you hate the South when you go up to New York or Wisconsin or Montana. You hate the South. Bless her. South is wrong. Bless your heart. But down here, you'll say, oh, bless their heart. Oh, you know, we are made for a time such as this. Oh, my stars. Stupid. So she does the fake country accent, fake Southern accent, and then on top of that, she quotes scripture, which I will bet a dollar to a donut, and Mm -hmm. I really could go for a donut right now. I would bet you the whole such a time as this thing she couldn't point to the book it's in. Spoiler alert, you know it's in Esther. I bet she couldn't tell you where it is in the scriptures. I do declare. Then she says we love our country. And I have a question. We love our country. She, by the way, she kind of sounded like Donald Trump yeah, there. Yeah, a little. A little. It Does she? Do they? They love a version I'm of our country. I'm not saying Democrats don't love the country. That's not fair. But does yeah. she love the country? And I, you know, the left, the left loves a version of our country. Um, they, they, as President Obama said in two thousand seven and eight, and nine and ten, eleven, all the way through twenty sixteen, they love a version of our country where they are redeeming the evils of our past. And yes, America does have evils in our past. We have uh, bad moments. Sure. We, but they love the version of our country where they. Uh, set all the wrongs right, and they are the ultimate source of justice, whereby they continue to tear down the hedge money, and they perpetuate what is good and just. One of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite quotes, is from John Adams, Yep, our second president. Made to the uh, Massachusetts militia in Quincy, Massachusetts. Yes, it's a letter. October yep. of 89? 98. 98, my 98, bad. 1798. You flipped them. Yeah. Dyslexia, it's fine. Yeah. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Morality and virtue are the foundation of our republic and are necessary for a society to be free. So do you love the country if you don't support a moral and virtuous foundation? Because what's interesting about this is you see it in all of the writings, in all of the correspondence from those early in our founding. They talked about that there were two cornerstone foundations of this country. Mm -hmm. One was religion, and we understand that in all the writings and in all the speeches to be Christianity. And then morality on top of that, because morality is built on the religion. True morality is Christian. True morality is found in 
Christ, in God. That's where true morality rests. If you don't, if you don't support true religion and true morality and virtue, how can you say you love the country? Ask Guinness, and we we might be going a little off topic here, and that's okay. We're we're here, and and that's what we're here for is to kind of give you what you need in order to get through the day. Ask Guinness articulated it in his Golden Triangle of Freedom. By the way, I've used this multiple times uh, in the state house during uh, our religion is essential um, test- testimony times and that sort of thing. Um, the golden triangle of freedom is supported by a cycle, uh, uh, and there are three components to the tr- cycle. Um, there's virtue, faith, and freedom. The only way we ever have freedom is with faith, and the only way we ever have virtue, is, or faith, is by virtue. But the same could be true of virtue, that the only way we can ever truly exhibit virtue is when we have freedom. And so our framers and founders understood that in order to have the truest form of freedom, we must support that freedom with faith. And the only way that men and women can exhibit faith is when they are virtuous and when society is virtuous. Most people love the quote, especially those libertarians. They love the quote by Thomas Jefferson when he says the government which governs least governs best. But what they don't say is the second half of that quote, and I'm pulling it up right now, uh, when he articulates um, that though the reason why the government governs best when it governs least is because the people who it governs are able to discipline themselves, to govern themselves. And so the the reason why the government mustn't interfere with the affairs of man Mm -hmm. beyond its natural scope as prescribed by the Constitution, which we're going to get to in just a moment, the reason is because the people are able to discipline and govern themselves. And paging 2024, I, I'm not quite sure that that is here in this moment. One of my favorite founding fathers is Benjamin Rush. The more I learn about him, yes. the more I read about him, yes. one of Doctor. my favorite founding fathers. Uh, it, it, Benjamin Rush was on the, on the forefront. He opposed slavery. He advocated for free public school. Yeah. He pushed the early education system. Uh, you mentioned he was a doctor, so yeah. he was on the forefront of an emerging medical field. Uh, he, he even sought to improve education for women. And a, yeah, more enlightened, and a more enlightened judicial and uh, penal system, yes. prisons and things of that sort. Uh, but he was innately Christian. If we were to remove the Bible from public schools, he said, we would be wasting so much time punishing crimes and taking so little pains to prevent them. Liberty, he, go, he mentions in another quote, liberty without virtue would be no blessing to us. <laughs> and virtue, again, virtue, morality, religion, we all understood that to be uh, Christian religion because the founding fathers we've discussed on numerous occasions weren't a bunch of moralistic deists. Uh, even the mo- even the least Christian among them, Benjamin Franklin, frequently quoted scripture. And as the Continental Congress was about to collapse, the Constitutional Convention was about to collapse, he gets up and speaks, referencing scripture, referencing heaven's God, referencing going to uh, the Father of Lights mm-hmm. with prayers and admonitions and trying to save the Republic, and that turned around that convention. So all of that to say, and that's a long, that's a long roundabout way to talk about Kamala saying she loves the country, 
But now I want to get into a few more things. We'll lead with Kamala, but we've got Kamala Harris, Jim Clyburn, and Muriel Bowser. Yep. We're circling the wagons here, and you'll you'll see what I mean. Here's what Kamala says about freedom to vote. We fight to protect the sacred freedom to vote while they try to silence the voice of the people. So she's saying that they fight to protect the freedom to vote. Interesting. Okay. I'll get into why I disagree with her in just one second. Here's Muriel Bowser pretty much saying the same thing. Do you think he should be barred from any ballots given his actions on January 6th? Well, I support every state taking very aggressive action um, to to keep him off the ballot. Uh, He is undergoing... uh, you know, court action across America. So Kamala Harris, the most powerful woman in the country, outside of Taylor Swift, says that, no, 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 no. We protect democracy. We protect the freedom to vote. Muriel Bowser says, well, I think every, every state should take aggressive action to remove the leader of the opposition from the ballot. Which one is it? Which one is it? Understand. Here's here's what I'll tell you. If there is a charge of insurrection, and if it is heard in court, and if a court finds the former president guilty of insurrection, then and only then will I agree with you that he is in violation of that clause and should not be on the ballot. And even then, I'm awaiting a Supreme Court ruling in February that's going to tell me more. Oral arguments on the... Oral arguments in early February. That will be an expedited decision because they got to get it out before Super Tuesday. And I I think it's going to be important to see how the court rules on that. Is it a a 6-3 split or is it a 9-0 unanimous? Does the Chief Justice wield a little power on that bench and say, no, we need a unanimous decision? Or is it 8-1? Yeah. Uh, I I believe I believe they will rule that Donald Trump can be on the ballot. They I would, have to. I would, I, they have to. But I wouldn't be surprised if Katanji Brown Jackson it dissents. Well, you got. Her, I think Elena Kagan. Kagan no, no, no. So I think, no, I think Kagan. I think Kagan will will. Kagan is more is the most likely of the three to go with the conservatives on the court. To preserve the court. You mean, you mean she actually still believes in the functionality of yes. the Constitution? Yes. Sotomayor and, and Brown Jackson do not. Question mark. Okay. Now, so we'll get a ruling on all of that. But all of that to say, I, I go back to my question. How can you love your country if you don't support basic virtue and morality? Now, all of this, Joe Biden's speech, Kamala Harris's speech, what Muriel Bowser's saying, all of this is circulating as we hear yesterday on Meet the Press with Kristen Welker, getting used to that, that there's, some, there's somebody who's got a problem. <laughs> he might have 99 of them, but... and Joe Biden might be one of them. Here's what Kristen Welker broke yesterday on Meet the Press. There's a problem. As President Biden ramps up his general election campaign, there are new warning signs. 
The Washington Post reporting former President Obama has raised questions about the structure of President Biden's reelection campaign. Two sources confirmed to NBC News that Obama and Biden met over lunch in December and discussed the campaign, with Obama expressing deep concern about Mr. Trump's political strength. Underscoring the urgency, one source telling me this is an all-hands-on-deck moment. It's all deck on hands for the Biden campaign. What is what is the problem? What is President Obama's he's, problem? He's concerned about the organization of the campaign, which tells me he's not confident in who Biden has surrounded himself with. In other, in other words, you need Class A surrogates to replace you on the trail, including but me. not limited to me. Me... Michelle, Michelle, Mabel. so she could maybe even be Veep. Nancy. Oh, no. In no, California. No, no. Uh, Gavin. Gavin. Governor Gavin. J.B. Pritzker. Schiff. Or, Gretchen, Wil- Gretchen Whitmer. Sure, sure. Um, Nikki Freed from Florida. Beto. Beto. But not in Texas. Go bleep those guys. Yeah, yeah. right. Beto. Robert Francis. He'll just he'll just drop an F-bomb just to be cool. And that was, if you don't believe that was intentional, come on. It's not just Barack Obama. Here's Jim Clyburn, the man single-handedly responsible for getting Joe Biden elected president. One of the most powerful people in the country. Here's what he had to say with Jake Tapper on State of the Union on CNN. How worried are you about black voters showing up for President Biden in November? Well, I'm not worried. I'm very concerned. And I have sat down with President Biden. I don't know. I saw those reports. I've also seen at least one report indicating that I have sat down uh, with President Biden, and I did uh, with him, uh, and I've uh, told him what my concerns are. I have no problem with the Biden administration and what it has done. My problem is that we have not been able to break through uh, that MAGA wall in order to get to people exactly what this president has done. I'll take synonyms for 200, Alex. They're, worried, they're, very concerned. I'm not worried. I'm Sounds very like concerned. Sounds like a Baptist. Well, I'm not worried because the Bible says I ain't supposed to be worried. But I'm, I'm very, very concerned. concerned. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Jesus says I can't worry. So be I'll anxious be for nothing. I'm just a little concerned. Very concerned is more... More dire than worried, by the way, in my opinion, and he's, just based yeah, on how I said yeah. it. And he was confident in how he said it. Secondly, Mitch makes a good point off camera or off microphone now. This is this is um, telling to me. Mm-hmm. And Jim Clyburn is saying, by the way, from Santee, South Carolina, when mm, he is where he was Skyping in. Spot. From, it's a good spot. He said, it's not that I disagree with what he's done. It's just we can't break through that MAGA support. It's the exact same thing Obama said. And and we need to communicate better what he's done. Now, you can communicate more and more what he's done. You're going to lose more and more support, in my opinion. Really, what they're worried about here is not whether or not people are going to vote for the presidential, I'm sorry, the Republican nominee for president. What they're worried about is the SOFA vote. Whether they'll stay home. Exactly. Now, we thought that would be the case. Now, Now, 2016, people stayed home. Yeah. People did not vote for Hillary Clinton. I don't know why. She's so transformational I mean, and so inspiring. She's, young, she's so inspiring. Fresh. There's a she's so inspiring. There's a person running on the Republican side that finds her inspiring. Anyway, <laughs> they're worried about cool. the stay at home vote. Now, one final thing before we get out of here. She's today. not worried about any hanging chads, I'll <laughs> tell you that. 
One final thing <clears> before we get out of here today. U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has been hospitalized since January 1st, and Pentagon officials have not said when he will be released, and they continue to avoid saying why he went to the hospital in the first place. Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, was admitted to Walter Reed last Monday for what Pentagon Press Secretary Major General Pat Ryder described as, quote, complications from an elective medical procedure. On Sunday, Ryder told Fox News that Austin had an elective procedure on December 22nd and he was on leave at the time and returned home the next day. But on January 1st, he started experiencing severe pain and was taken back to Walter Reed Mitch and then was admitted to ICU. The SecDef. SecDef was admitted to ICU and no one knew. Except for his deputy, and she's like, she doesn't even know why she's been charged as deputy. On Friday, he resumed his duties from the hospital. Wait, who was running things while he was there? Don't worry about it. We've got impending wars on multiple He had been continents. in contact with Deputy Secretary Kathleen Hicks, who was on vacation. People flooding across the southern border. Really quickly, we have a war in Eastern Europe and a war in the Middle East. Our ships are being attacked by Houthi pirates in the Red Sea. Every day. Every single day. Don't worry about it. Major escalation possible in the Far East or in any of these other battlefronts right now. Pshaw, who cares? And the sec death, God hope he's fine praying for his healing, certainly. Why didn't anyone know? Because Who's running this thing? (laughs) Because the kids are in charge of the candy sore. Who is running our government? Is it is it that they don't care? Like apathy? Or they didn't know? That they didn't know as in whoops or... Or just plain uh, ignorance. That's kind of inconsequential to the main thing here, which is re-election. Who knows? Well, I don't know. National security might <clears throat> be a problem. It could be. The ability but to we defend, already know it's in a the, shambles. The ability so. to defend the country is is important. As to when Austin will be released from the hospital, Ryder noted that there is no specific date. He was also unable to provide information on whether Austin will be doing in-person press briefings over the next week. The man's lying on a gurney. Uh, He's home now. How serious is this? Uh, mm, Well, the question... Is he home now? I don't know. This is from January 7th. what I I thought. This is from January 7th. The question is because of the... uh, lack of leadership here either from austin or from the president is austin being um pressured to resign that could be next by the way what is it with people in the biden administration just leaving and not and not telling anyone that they're not in 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 on the job pete Buttigieg goes away for months for paternity leave well that was important man to support to support his his homosexual Other partner half. who would be breastfeeding, apparently. Like, what, what, are oh. we, what, what is going on? And then Lloyd Austin, again, hope he's okay, want him to be healthy, has an elective procedure, fine, then gets admitted into the hospital and goes straight to ICU on Jan 1. That's a week ago. Literally a week. Yeah. And no one knows anything. Yeah. Tony Blinken didn't know. Joe Biden didn't know. Kamala Harris doesn't even know who Lloyd Austin is. Here's a, I, I, what happens if someone comes back and says, "Hey, we we like we told you, we briefed you, but your communications department or you know internal communications chief of staff, 
your administration. Somebody dropped the ball here. Who dropped the ball? I want to know who dropped the ball. Was it the Pentagon or was it the White House? Well, these are two separate in an emergency situation things. because the first sounds like elect- elective sounds like oh let's just send an email hey this is going to happen my deputy will be in charge no worries just like when Governor McMaster's had a couple of heart sure, procedures you know in, those, in that interim. We're gonna we're gonna let everyone know not to be concerned. Just um, a measure of understanding. Caution. The emergency side of this, I understand how within twelve hours you could lose, maybe even eight, you could lose the ability or the the um, emotional intelligence to tell someone, okay, we've got to get him back into care. This, that, and the other. But at some point, you sit down. Somebody does, whether it's his right. wife, whether and I don't know, I don't know his family status. Whether it's his, because he's got a body person with him almost all the time. Somebody has to sit down and say, "Wait, we should have told people, or we should tell people." You know, I've got a contact at the White House. Maybe we should tell them. No, no. I just again. Morality and virtue are important. And as we move forward into this new year, and again, um, we have we have the, the Hawkeye caucus coming up in a week. A week from today My is the goodness. Iowa caucus. Then a week after that is the New Hampshire primary, or two weeks after that. And then about a month after that, the first in the South primary So here in South Carolina. Wow. So we got a lot coming up. Yeah. Mixed in with that, we're going to have a Supreme Court hearing, oral arguments on the whole Trump insurrection, keep him off the ballot thing. We've got plenty of um, Supreme Court cases that we'll be monitoring there. The legislative session here in South Carolina starts on January the 9th. They're calling that's, about it right now. That's tomorrow if you're listening to this on Monday. So again, we're going to keep you updated on everything going on here in the state of South Carolina and across the country as we move forward into the month of January and we move forward into this legislative session. If you want to learn more about Palmetto Family, you can do that. Palmettofamily.org. You can sign up for our email newsletter. And you, if you want to invest in the work we're, we're doing, click that invest button and, and invest in our work as we move forward in the 2024 legislative session. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media and make sure you download the Palmetto Family Council app. That is what you need to do as we head into this 2024 session as we keep you up to date with everything going on. If you joined us for our prayer at the State House this past Friday, thank you so much for coming out to that. It was a, it was a, a, a really good crowd uh, for that event as we prayed for our legislators and for the upcoming session, uh, again, that starts on Tuesday, January the 9th. And again, we're going mostly audio only throughout the legislative session. That way we can bring you quicker updates and, and and more frequent updates as needed and keep good quality shows coming your way. Leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger on a future episode that we're working on right now. Did you know, Justin, there's one word that is used so much, so often today that is not found within the bounds of the Constitution whatsoever? Democracy? Not in the Constitution, but another word is, and we're going to tell you what form of government that every state prescribed by the Constitution is guaranteed. That coming on a future episode of the fastest growing, well, strongest conservative podcast. I'm looking forward to that for Mitch Prosser because I don't even know what the heck he's talking about. I'm Justin Hall. We'll talk to you later on this week on the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show.